Welcome. This is the Real Estate Investing Mastery Podcast. All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome. What's up? This is Joe McCall, Real Estate Investing Mastery Podcast. And you might recognize that guy right there. His name is Josh Cantwell. We got a special podcast today. We're going to be talking about raising private money. I mean, who doesn't like money? Well, some people don't. But yeah, how would you like some more of it? Right on this podcast, the Real Estate Investing Mastery Podcast. I always bring you the best, the best stuff, the best content, the best guests, and we're going to be talking about raising private money. And Josh Cantwell has done a lot of it over the years. He's raised over sixty million dollars in private money. He has over thirty-seven million dollars employed, deployed. Is that right? Right now, it is working for him. It's employed money working for him. (laughs) But he's got $37 million deployed right now into deals. And so we're going to be talking about that. And Josh is going to give us a simple seven-step framework that he uses to raise more private money. So uh, check that out. First thing, though, I wanted to let you guys know a couple things first before we get started here. Number one, a lot of you all are watching us right now on the YouTubes or the Facebooks. So if you're watching us right now, please say hello. Say, tell us where you're from. And, and as we go through this podcast, if you have any questions, type them in the comments in YouTube or Facebook, and I will bring them up. I'll post them here for Josh. We'll ask him whatever questions you want. As long as they're clean and appropriate, I'll hide your bad comments. Yeah, promise. No, but right. Josh can handle it. So it'll be funny. We'll see. If you have something funny you want to say, go ahead and post it in there. And uh, we already got some people. Oh, look at this. Daniel, Joe McCall and Josh Cantwell, two of the most influential people in the game. Hello, gentlemen. That's all nice. right. Nice. And do you know Paul Evans? I do. Yeah. Cleveland's finest hedge fund manager. <laughs> uh, what's up, Paul? Good to see you, man. Josh. Right. Nice. Uh, Daniel is in Cleveland, Ohio. Very nice. Good. And um, of course, Paul from Michigan. Michigan. Yeah, no, no, no. Michigan bad news. <laughs> we don't want people from up there. Yeah, yeah. We'll not talk about college football rivalries yeah. either because I'm sure there is some of that in Ohio and Michigan. But glad you guys are here. So if you're all watching, we got a lot of people on YouTube right now watching us and on Facebook. So just sh- give us a shout out. Hello. The second thing I want to announce that this podcast is brought to you by my CRM called REI Simple. And go check. It's the best CRM on the planet. I've checked. I've looked at all of them. And this is the best one. And so it's pretty cool. It's called REI Simple. Go check that out, reisimple.com. Nice. Paul is saying here, listen, I can't wait for Fat Daddy's meetup again, Josh. I don't know what I don't oh, want yeah. to know what that means. Fat Daddy's. He got he got the name wrong. It's it's called Fat Heads, but I like Fat Daddy's even better. We actually <laughs> we own the Ohio Landlord Association. I oh, actually yeah? own the OLA, Ohio Landlord Association, and we were doing our meetings at a place called Fat Heads. Fat Heads Brewery. It's a local huge craft brewery. Yeah. Awesome place. But then, you know, COVID shut us down and we couldn't have our meetings anymore. So we missed it. It was a lot of fun. Gave a couple of presentations there. And the crowds were getting big, you know, a couple hundred people. Haven't had, been able to have them for the last couple of months. But we talked in that about raising a lot of private money, some stuff we'll talk about today. And then, of course, using that with that organization, that group was using the capital to build a massive portfolio, rentals, portfolios of rentals, single family, plus apartments, even self-storage we talked about during the OLA. So Paul was a regular recurring attendee. Paul says here, LOL, my man. Yeah. Fat Daddy's sounds good. We also got Jeff in the house from California. What's up, Jeff? Love California. All right, cool. Let's get started here. Josh, you've been in the business a long time. 
you've been doing this stuff, what, since early 2000s, right? Yeah, I was actually for first house I ever bought 2001. Uh, wow. Went full-time in real estate 2004 and focused primarily on wholesaling, short sales, lease options uh, for really the first seven years, 2004 till about 2011. And that's in when Ohio? I got sick. Yeah, all, all in Ohio. And then, you know, we, we quickly got a national reputation and I was a keynote speaker at the home investors conferences in the middle of the great recession talking about short sales and held our own events and then became a national thing. We created a software called RealFlow and you know it was all about quick turning, transactional, being a transaction entrepreneur, transaction engineer until the time I got sick with cancer in 2011. So yeah, been at it for a while. It's been a lot of fun. We, uh, we've had you on the show before. I think three times. And yeah. uh, we talked a lot about your story with cancer and it's crazy. Like mm-hmm. I'd cur- guys go to realestateinvestingmastery.com or go to reimpodcast.com and just do a search. There's a search bar at the top. Do a search for Josh or Josh Cantwell and look for that podcast we did. It was in 2019, I believe, mm-hmm. maybe mm-hmm. before where we talked about his story with cancer. It'll, it'll rock your world, man. It's just an amazing story. How you survived yeah. that and the things uh, you learned from it. My goodness. Oh, yeah. And even today, like every day, every, you realize this pretty quickly every day is a gift. Literally, every day is a gift. And, it, you know, having that kind of perspective allows you to have a lot of positivity um, yeah. on your perspective of the world, especially in today's environment where everything is very blue, red politically, and everything is, you know, everyone thinks they're right. And everyone's kind of fighting for what they think is right for how the company, country should reopen. Like, none of that really matters to me if you give a shit less, frankly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because, you know, I just I want to focus on what's important to me right now. And that's the gift that cancer gave me. Oh man, that's so it's a cool story. Go check out the previous podcasts we did with Josh. So Josh, you, you've raised a lot of private money mm-hmm. over the years. Kind of what got you what got you started? Why why did you start raising private money? I mean, there's a lot of banks out there that lend money. There's a lot of hard money lenders. Uh, why private money? Yeah, I, I really try to kind of teach people, tell people, look, you know, if you're using bank funding or institutional private money or hard money, you have to do deals on their terms. You have to do deals based on their credit box, deals based on what they want to fund. And private lenders will fund anything and everything. So I actually closed a deal last week. It was just a little duplex. But here's the thing, Joe, I got the purchase money, the rehab money, the closing costs, and eight months worth of interest all baked into the loan. So when I closed the property, I got a private lender loan for $112,000. That funded everything. I have literally nothing out of pocket for the next eight months. We're going to quickly stabilize that duplex over the next 45 days, rent it out. We'll make about five, $600 per month, about $300 per month per door. And I literally don't even have to pay the private lender any interest because it's already baked in the loan. So that's a very simple residential example is that it created total freedom for me to buy the property I wanted to buy at my terms. And in order to do that, you know, I just had to convince that private lender that this was a great deal, that I was the right person to buy it, that I was able to execute my, my plan for that property, which I've gotten really good at sort of pitching myself in that fashion. But I, I don't, I don't, I didn't pay any points. I don't have to pay any interest for eight months and, you know, there's no prepayment penalty. So it's totally flexible funding. So fund equals freedom. Private lenders equal freedom to do deals your way. That's good. You don't have to apply. You're not at some bank manager's whim. Yeah. They're having a good day or a bad day. It's crazy, Joe. I've raised $60 million and I have not had somebody check my credit score in over 10 years. So like that alone, like, in, you know, what's 
what's your debt to income ratio? What's your debt service coverage ratio? What's your, how big is your balance sheet? Like I haven't given my tax return or bank statement or pay stub to anyone in like over 10 years. And yet we've done just a ton of, ton of deals, big and small. And you have a great track record. So talk about what are the seven steps? Yeah. What are the seven steps to raise private money? And some people might be intimidated by the way, Josh, like, oh my gosh, you know, he's raised $60 million. Like I don't sure. know what that So talk about how you kind of, you got started in this and how these seven steps could apply to anybody. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, I'll go through the seven steps real quick. And then I really like, I think what would be very valuable is to kind of hunker down on one step, like one particular step that we can give a lot of value. And, and really, I'll you know, kind of gear this towards people who haven't raised a lot of money and what they can do. So step number one is basically to just come up with an irresistible offer. Okay. So for example, an irresistible offer would be if I'm doing a rehab, I'm going to pay someone 12% interest or 15% of my profits, whichever is greater. So the perception is, holy cow, I'm going to get 12% interest on my money at a minimum. Like that's an irresistible offer. Another one example would be if you're doing an apartment deal, maybe you're going to pay a an 8% preferred return or a 10% preferred return plus give them a piece of equity in your deal so that when you refinance the building and they're out of the deal, then they still own a little piece of that apartment in perpetuity. That's an irresistible offer. So that's step one. Step number two, especially when you're first starting out, is what I call Project 100. Project 100 is to simply make a list of the people that you already know, like, and trust and already know, like, and trust you and the places that you can go to meet more people that already know, like, and trust you. See, raising private money is not about pitching people. Raising private capital, Joe, is really about showing people, educating people about what you do in a cool way. And they will self-select. They will self-convince that they should do business with you. Okay, So we make a Project 100 of all the people that we know, like, and trust, first name, last name, email, phone, physical address. Step number three is to actually tell everybody what you do in a cool way. So not you don't say, I don't like, when people ask me, what do I do? I don't say I'm a real estate investor. What I say is I raise private capital for real estate. We buy distressed properties and apartment buildings, and we pay our investors a fixed double-digit return. And so... That's so good. Will you say that again? Yeah. Yeah. Again, I don't tell people I'm a real estate investor and I own apartments. I run a private equity fund. I don't tell them that. I say, I raise private capital for real estate. And then this is the part where you can kind of insert what you do. Right? Yeah. So this can vary depending on what your niche is, but it could be self-storage or apartments or rehabs or rentals. But So I raise private capital for real estate. We buy distressed apartment buildings, let's just say apartment buildings in this example, and we pay our investors a fixed double-digit rate of return. What do you do? Right. So exactly. that's, that's, and, and, and inevitably, almost inevitably, they're going to ask you, well, what is, how does that work? Yeah. Right. And I don't, you never give them the actual answer. How does it work? What you say is, it works great. <laughs> so, and because, and again, this is where I, I don't want to get too far down on money trouble. We want to be compliant with the SEC. So that all yeah. of this raising capital is, is, you know, governed by the SEC. And we want to make sure that we have a prior existing relationship with investors. There's a 506B and a 506C. And again, I don't want to go down that money trail either. But depending on if you're working with people that you already have relationships with, you can go 506B. If you want to recruit capital from new, which we can talk about that today a lot, like recruiting capital from strangers or from people that you don't know, how do you create a whole new audience of potential private lenders? We, we can give a lot of value around that today. So, But regardless of whether they already know you, Joe, or don't know you, you're going to have to build a relationship with them anyway to convince them to want to work with you, to invest with you. So really important. Step number four is to create a pitch book. Now, in the old days, when I first got started doing this, Joe, creating a pitch book was literally like a three-ring binder. Today, there's all kinds of cool software. Like it's a software we use called Syndication Pro. Hmm. And... 
This allows you to actually have people kind of opt in for information and go through demo videos of your different offers. What is private lending? What is private investing? And the pitch book is not a book anymore. It's actually like a membership area, membership site, like a back end of a software. And it allows people to look through your offers and look through your track record and your history in a super cool digital technological like tech way. Yeah. So people can, they're, they're not having to go through like an old school PowerPoint presentation pitch book. So that's number four. Number five is this is the kind of part where we can definitely talk a lot today is this regular recurring multiple media marketing approach. So 2R, 3M, regular recurring multimedia marketing approach. Yeah. Step number six is just follow a proven sales process. So once people do opt in and want information, we have a specific presentation that we deliver. And finally, step number seven is follow up, follow up, follow up. And the reason why that one's most important, I'll tell you a quick story, Joe. I have a private investor. I have many. We have hundreds of private investors. But the one that sticks out is a guy I met in 2015. I was introduced him to, to him through a friend of mine, my friend Sean, introduced me to Brandon. I met Brandon. We went down golfing at Trump National Golf Course uh, down in Charlotte, North Carolina. Brandon, pretty sophisticated guy and a million dollar house, you know, on the 12th fairway of Trump National, amazing property. And I followed up with Brandon for three years before he invested. And now he's invested hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars with us. And so follow up is huge because a no today is just a no for today. It doesn't mean it's a no forever. Yeah. Yeah. And they're not going to, a lot of times too, these private investors will tell you they just have a little bit to invest when they really have a couple hundred thousand to invest oh. or a million. They're not going to come right out there and tell you, and they're looking to establish a relationship to see if they can trust you, right? No doubt. No doubt. I make sure, as a matter of fact, I got a guy who just committed to our latest apartment offering. He just exited a business for $20 million windfall and he's starting with $100,000 with us. So <laughs> the guy's got way more to go with, but he was referred by a friend. He was so, it was a very warm introduction. And he, you know, it's just what he wants to start with. So I respect that this story wants to start, but I also know that if we do a great job, that that relationship can go really, really long and really far. Beautiful. All right. So regular recurring multimedia marketing approach. What is mm -hmm. that? Can you dive deeper into that? Yeah. So it really starts with, okay, this, this whole idea of if I'm going to raise money, okay, am I going to start with people that I already know, like, and trust? And let's assume that you're going to do that because I'm going to tell everybody, you're never going to be successful raising capital from strangers if you can't convince someone that you already know, right? So it's not about convincing them. It's just about presenting them, okay, if I'm going to buy this rehab for $100,000, I'm going to put $30,000 into it, I'm in for one thirty, dollars and I'm going to be able to sell this thing for two hundred dollars and I'm able to pay you a 12% interest rate or 15% of my profit. And then at the end of that presentation, instead of saying, I'm going to pay you, I say, I'm going to pay an investor that I work with is 12% interest or 15% of profit. Do you know anybody who might be interested in working with me on a deal like this? They self-select by saying something like, Hey, well, what about me? This, like, we already know each other and this seems like a great deal. And you bought it at a discount and I can get 12% return. What about me? So that's, that's what we want. Now, when you get beyond that and you're you're talking about now, how do I build a big portfolio of private lenders? How do I build a hundred million dollar real estate portfolio or 300 million where we're at right now? It becomes, I can't just build that portfolio with private lenders that I already know. I don't know that many people, right? So now it really starts with this regular recurring multimedia marketing approach. And you have to have a way to capture leads. So let's start with that. And that's where we use a software like a software like Syndication Pro, or it could be a simple website where people can opt in for more information. That opt-in squeeze page or that way they can raise their hand is hugely important because all the marketing doesn't freaking matter 
if you don't have a way, Joe, to point all those people somewhere where they can opt in for more information and then let the system follow up with them through autoresponders and videos. It's like a mini funnel, if you will. And so you got to have that first. And so if you don't have one, you could build a website yourself, you could hire somebody, or there's multiple different softwares out there that are prepackaged for just, you know, 100, 200 bucks a month that will allow you to point all your traffic there. Did you okay. create Syndication Pro? I did not. No, I'm, I'm a, just a subscriber to it. I'm not even an affiliate. I don't get paid for mentioning that that software or anything like that. But uh, when you get the word syndication, you know, can be used for a simple rehab or a simple rental. It could be used for a $50 million apartment or a private equity fund. All of those are fall under the, uh, the, the term syndication. You're basically syndicating. You're putting your offer out to many people and it, they're all investing in your deal or in, a, in some sort of pooled investment, if you will. So it starts there. let's say I've got a a program where I can capture leads and I can show people my offers. Now I'm going to back up. And this is where, Joe, you know, you've gotten this right for a long time. You know, running a podcast, running content, using digital advertising, podcasts, YouTube, blogging, Facebook Lives, Facebook Marketplace, owning Facebook groups, LinkedIn, all the personal posts on your personal Facebook page, all these kind of things allow people to build a relationship with you that you don't you don't even know they exist because they're out there in the ether of the internet, but they know you exist and they're paying attention to your content. As you talk through that content and teach about apartments or lease options or rehabs, then they're going to, through that content, you could like put banners in your content, Joe, just like we're doing on your podcast. You could have shout-outs, calls to action. Hey, if you want more information, go to this website and opt in for free information. No cost, no obligation, right? So that that piece is a big way because you can syndicate this digital content out to multiple different platforms. You can record it one time, just like we're doing right now. And you can be on YouTube and Facebook and you can be on Instagram and you can be on Twitter all at the same time. And so, but you just have to be... First of all, authentic, but you got to be different. You can't have the same thing, say the same thing everybody else says. You've got to have a special message or a special offer. That's why step one, the irresistible offer is so important because you want to have one thing that you kind of hang your hat on. Okay, whether it's rehab, whether it's rentals or apartments, you might do it all, but you don't want to talk about it all. You want to focus on one kind of offer, one core thing that you do and talk about that over and over and over and over again. And then as people hear from you, then they're going to say, you know, I've got a half a million dollars. I just sold a business or I've got a hundred grand. Let me opt in for some of Joe's content or Josh's stuff and let me see what kind of offers he has. Okay. So instead of you now doing all the follow up, you doing the follow up emails and the phone calls, the software system does all that for you. It's beautiful. So there's the digital way. Secondly, is the, the what, what I call the manual or individual way of going to events. You know, when we get out of this coronavirus business, going to seminars, going to meetup groups, speaking at meetup groups. Like I like to go to e-commerce events, Joe, where there's guys that own e-com companies and they sell physical products on like Amazon or their website. And those guys, if they have a successful business, they have a lot of free cash flow. And they know real estate can create passive income and can create tax advantages, but they don't want to be an active real estate investor. They want to be passive. So I like to go to those events, especially if I can lock down a speaking gig. If I can be a keynote speaker or speak at one of the breakouts or on one of the panels, then I'm going to get a flood of people to go to that website and opt in for information. The third part is the physical newsletter, Joe. This is really oh, good. Yeah. You have a the, good one too. Do you, I, I get your newsletters. Yeah. 
Yeah, the physical newsletter, Joe, is is we still send it in the physical snail mail. It's a four pager, high gloss, but you know nobody really gets mail anymore that they really want to open. A lot of actually snail mail, even a lot of the advertising is gone. You don't see a lot of junk mail anymore unless it's Christmas time. And so we use the snail mail to our advantage. So we take the same content that we would teach at an event or the same content I would put on digital. And I take that, put it in a physical newsletter and mail it. It costs me about a dollar per piece. And, but we mail it. And then that way they're like, oh, this is another mechanism, another channel that I've gotten more information from Josh. And frankly, here's how it all comes together, Joe. I record podcasts like we're doing now on my own podcasting channel. I, I, I sometimes do solo casts or sometimes it's a guest. I, and even if it's a deal that I'm doing, like an apartment deal or a rehab or a private lender loan, I record the podcast around that. That's how I teach it. Then I have a team that takes that podcast, creates all the blog posts, all the newsletters, all of the other uh, posts and things like that for me. And it all goes out. But it all starts with me getting on and recording, me being the personality, me being the authority to teach it. And then the rest of it gets done by a team that pushes it all out. And it's not very expensive, Joe. It's really, you know, even for our big business, it's just a few thousand bucks a month to get all of that content pushed out and drive all that traffic back to that opt-in website. It's pretty amazing. Oh, and I love the podcast format too, because I've had so many guests on the show and just talking about their deals and they'll contact me later saying, Joe, you won't believe it. I got, you know, I raised so many hundreds of thousands of dollars. I found somebody that brought me a deal even, or I brought a buyer that I sold a deal to. So being out there and and leading with value, I like this phrase of leading with value, which is what you're talking about, right, John? Mm -hmm. You're just giving information out to help people. Mm -hmm. And some people are going to say, hey, listen, that's great. Thank you. See you later. Some people are going to say, you know what? I'd like to do business with that guy. Yeah. And And honestly, Joe, the easiest thing to do is just get on a podcast, get on a Zoom call like we're doing now, get on some sort of way to talk and just talk about case studies. People love to hear the good, the bad, and the ugly about case studies, about how you structured a deal or how you raise private money. And even if you're like, well, I want to I want to start doing apartments. I want to buy my first 20 unit or my first 50 unit. But right now, I'm following Joe McCall and I'm wholesaling lease options and I've got Joe's book and I'm doing a great job with that. But I want to take some of the profits and I want to buy my next apartment deal. Okay, great. Get on a podcast, get on a recording like this and talk about your lease option deals because that's still going to create a lot of credibility and and professionalism that people are going to want to hear about. And if you pivot and add some rehab deal or some way you're raising private money or self-storage deal, they're going to look at all the credibility you have from those other deals. And they're going to associate that with, well, he'll be successful in the next deal too. Even if you've never done an apartment, they'll still associate that success that you had with lease options or wholesaling or whatever you're doing. So just get on, talk about the case studies that you're doing, or talk about the deal that you looked at that you didn't do, or talk about and bring a friend on who did a successful deal. Talk about that deal. And then that becomes the basis of the digital content. We also have the physical newsletter. Then we have the in-person meetups. Those three things create new leads new people visiting your website, people opting in for content and basically getting onto your potential passive investor list. Oh, that's okay? so good. All that comes down to a funnel. I've said this a lot too. If I were to start a new podcast, uh, at the time when I started Real Estate Investing Mastery, um, it was pretty niched. There in yeah. 2011, there was only about three other active real estate investing podcasts. You've been running this podcast for nine years? Yeah. Wow. 
That's great, man. Well, you know, there was Sean Terry with Flip Two Freedom. Mm-hmm. Um, there was the real estate radio guys and Jason Hartman. Mm-hmm. Um, there are a few little others. Matt Terrio was starting around the same time. We we go back and forth. I think I started before he did, but okay. Anyway, so I call it real estate investing mastery. Though, if I were to start one today, I mean, it's flooded. There's tons of real estate, really good real estate podcasts. But I would start one that was more niched down to my market. It mm-hmm. would be real estate investing in St. Louis or Missouri, maybe even, right? Mm -hmm. And I would be focusing in on the investors here in this market. You know, if you're in Florida, I would say create a podcast, real estate investing for Southern Florida or something like that, right? Yeah. You have so much, so much content that you could create. You're not going to have that huge audience, right? But right. the, the small audience you have is going to be very, very hyper-focused and interested. When they see my podcast and they see your podcast released at the same time, guess which one they're going to listen to first? They're going to listen to yeah. yours because you're talking about deals where they are investing in, right? Mm-hmm. Or the specific niche that they're interested in. So the more niche down you go, the better, right? So I would start interviewing title companies, mortgage lenders, bankers, property managers, contractors in my market. Right? And then I would go... Absolutely. I would go do videos and podcasts about certain deals, right? If they're, if a wholesaler is advertising a sweet deal right now, I would go look at the property, bring my iPhone with me and record a video of me walking through this property and talking about the benefits of the repairs, talking about why I would offer a deal, why I would make an offer, why I wouldn't make an offer. But there is so much opportunity out there. And you may think guys listening to this, like, oh, I've already missed the podcast boat or I'm not, I'm never going to have an audience as big as Josh's. But you know what? You don't need a big audience. That's the whole point right. of this. You could raise a ton of private money, fund a ton of buyers and even sellers on your deals by just getting putting yourself out there, being the local expert, mm-hmm. right? Being the local expert. And in many ways, you could make more money being the local expert than being the national expert. That's right, Joe. And you know, the other thing it does is when people ask me questions about like, let's say somebody's a little bit cynical, like, why would I invest with you? Or, you know, what experience do you have? They don't I don't know who I am, any of my, my background or anything like that. I'm like, hey man, when, go go to my go to my podcast. Here's the website. Go to episode number 152 and listen to this podcast. It, this already addresses. I've already gotten your question 42 times, and so I've already recorded a podcast about exactly this. And when I finally get objections, people don't really object. They just want to feel like they have control. Yeah. And so when they ask these questions, these cynical questions, or they're peppering you with questions they feel like they're in control. And when I say, I'm not even going to answer your questions. I've already answered that question a thousand times. You're, hey, buddy, you're not special. (laughs) I've already answered this before. Like, just go to this podcast, episode number 96 or whatever. Take a listen to this. You'll really love it. It answers your exact question. Oh, by the way, there's, you know, 50 other podcasts on there about your types of questions and, you know, my case studies. They won't even go listen to the podcast most of the time, but it's the perception of, hey, that guy has a podcast. He's already answered my question. He's got investors. He's already got other deals. That's all they need, again, is to drop their guard a little bit and now be more open to you know investing in our deals and things like that. Well, so, it, could be, it could be a book. Go read mm-hmm. my book. Go yes. Down. Anybody can publish a book now these days, right? That's right. That's a great question. Why don't you just go get my book and read my book um, or go watch my YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. Um, Go to my Facebook page and, you know, but when they go there and they can see you've been interviewing all these people, you've been doing these walkthroughs through the houses, you're going to be seen as a local authority, as the expert. And it's going to remove that resistance to want to now do more deals. Yeah. You you have the least amount of control when you're defending yourself. Yeah. Right. So when you're in a fight with a family member and you screwed up 
and the family member is peppering you with questions and you're defending yourself, you're on your heels, you have the least amount of control. Same thing in business. You screwed up, you bought the wrong property, you lost money, and you're having to defend yourself. You have the least amount of control. When you don't have to defend yourself and someone else or something else defends you, you're pulling in that third-party credibility to allow you to, to have them defend you. And this is great because we can use iTunes, YouTube, Facebook. Yeah. We can use all these different other platforms to have them defend us by saying, hey, we've already done that. We've already got this. It's already taken care of. So because <laughs> it all starts there, Joe. And then when, when we've got these new opt-ins on here, now it's important to follow up. So weekly yeah. email broadcasts. We've got to send out a weekly email broadcast back to, again, sending out one of our podcasts or teaching something new or making an offer. And what we really try to do, this is a big part of it with raising money, is is to have an event. Have an event, have a deadline. So when you're looking to raise money for a deal, you don't really, you want to always be kind of adding people into your pool of potential investors. But then we want to use salesmanship and scarcity to our advantage. So what I love to do is to host a webinar with all these potential people who've shown interest and say, hey, I'm buying this $10 million apartment deal. I need to raise $2.5 million. I've already raised $600,000 or a million because usually I already have some people who have already kind of pre-committed. And so I've got 50 people on the line today and I've only got room for 15 of you. I've got 50 people on or 100 people on and I'm only going to subscribe 12 units or 15 units at 100,000 a piece. And so then I go through my presentation on a live webinar, go to webinar, you know, Zoom, something like that. And then I say, look, the first 12 people that text me at this number can have a unit. Now I'm in total control because I've got an oversupply of potential private investors and a limited amount of deals. So I'm winning the supply demand game. Yeah. Scarcity and urgency. Exactly. So now it's like, hey, we're closing this deal in two weeks. So I need you to commit now. Right? So urgency and scarcity of I got 50, 75 people on the line, but I only have room for 10 of you. Those two techniques have proven to work. There's been th- hundreds of books written on it in salesmanship. And you know the book Influence by Robert Cialdini is all about those two st- strategies. And that allows me to, instead of begging for money to fund my next deal, it allows me to be in control and say, Hey, you know what? You may even want to invest in my deal. I might not even allow you to invest because I don't like the way you're talking to me. I don't like your cynicism. I don't like this and that. So you know what? I'm going to put these other people in the deal and you lost out because you're a jerk. When you have that amount of credibility and control, you now can own your own business and create freedom with all the properties that you're buying. It's really, really a good position to be in. You can take it away. You know, you pull away. You're almost removed from the outcome. Not almost like you are removed from the outcome. It's cool. It's not a big deal if you don't want to raise money with me. I'm not chasing you. Yeah. Um, this is an interview process to see if we're going to be a good fit. That's right. Joe, when I say things like, look, I could use your money, but I don't need it. That's a super powerful statement. You know, when when I say like, you know, hey, if, if you want to invest in this deal, great. You know, I'm in this for the long term. I'm looking to build relationships. If you decide not to invest in this deal, it's okay. You're going to miss out on a great deal. But I'm in this for the next deal and the next deal and the next deal. So if you don't do this one, it's okay. You can invest in the next one down the road. But you know what? I don't know if there's going to be another one down the road. Like, I don't know when the next one's coming. But this so you is better all do true, this by one. the way. You, it's all you're true. not making any of this up. Absolutely. I'm just using salesmanship. I'm using influencing strategies. I'm using some NLP to use these, these, these triggers, these buying triggers that people really need to push them over the edge. You know, and when I, here's the, here's the downside is when I have a deal that I'm, I'm able to raise for, for the next like two or three months, 
that's actually a bad thing. I hate that. Like, I don't want to open up a raise today and have people not have to commit until like, you know, four yeah. months from now. Like, like, I don't like, I'd rather, it's, it, it's a little bit of organized chaos, but I'd rather say webinar is Wednesday and I need all the commitments by Friday and I need all the money in the house by next Friday. And we've been successful at raising, you know, $60 million and just big apartment deals with a very short window, giving people like 10 days to commit and wire their funds instead of saying, Hey, you know, we're going to close this deal in about 30 days. Like, you know, give us a soft commitment because a soft commitment, Joe, is no commitment. Like a soft commitment is they're not really committed. They're only really committed until they sign the subscription agreement and wire the money. And so all of this whole approach is about building up this group of people that we're building relationships with, then having an event and then making them make a quick decision of, I want in and I've got to wire the money quickly. When you use this multiple medium approach, it allows you to take a lot of control. Now, this is obviously an advanced strategy, Joe. Not every newer investor is going to be able to you know, pull this off. But the quicker they think about this stuff, even if they're new, the quicker they start thinking about how do I position myself as an authority, the better. And the more money you're going to raise, the more freedom they're going to have. This is so good. This is really good. Like you don't go into, um, well, I won't get into that, but uh, we're getting some great comments here from uh, Joseph. Look, the Joe, the wheels in my brain are turning. You lit that fire. You light that fire of ideas. Awesome. Marty, I love the mental game. Unbelievable tip. I'm going to rewatch this podcast many times. Best content I've seen online. Uh, Awesome. Thanks, Marty. And by the way, I don't know who this is, but come on. Really? The tribe tribe was up three games to one. In that World Series, we lost. So when, <sighs> but I'm glad the talking about the tribe. He's talking about the uh, Cleveland Indians. The Indians, Ooh. Indians, Cubs. Yeah, what a great World Series that was. That was the all-time most watched World Series ever. Fifteen? It was 2015. I think so. Yep. It's been it's been a few years already. Believe it or not, but no, no. What? Because that's the year the Cubs won it. You are right. Years. Okay, it was 2015. Yeah, that was the year they beat the Tribe in the World Series. Oh no, no, no! That was Kansas City Royals. Oh, yeah. Was it Royals? I think it was the year after that, 2016, maybe. Okay. Who cares? Yeah. I don't care. Yeah. Nobody cares. The Royals won one. <laughs> That's great. By the way, everybody, I um, if you didn't know, I'm a Cardinals fan. Yeah. And Josh is from Ohio. He's a Cleveland Indians fan and a yeah. Browns fan. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm mostly a Ohio State Buckeyes fan right here. Okay. You know, people around Cleveland, especially if you're still a Browns fan, you're nuts. You've gotten trampled on, stepped wow. on so many years. I, I gave up on the Browns about 10 or 15 years ago, but I've been a huge Buckeyes fan forever. Oh, that's good. Good for you. Yeah. You have something to root for in Ohio. Not much, but you know, I'll give you the Buckeyes. That's all right. Hey, man, um, you've shared a lot of real cool stuff, Josh. Uh, one of the things we talked about was this thing you've got called Get Flip System. Right. What is that? Yeah. So, the Flip System is my latest book. We've written about eight or 10 different ebooks, and we finally got one into print. It's called The Flip System. It's right here. Yeah. Getflipsystem.com. Um, there you go. Getflipsystem.com. And actually, Everything that I talked about today on the podcast, yeah, I've used in my business and it's in this book. There's oh, cool. uh, two whole chapters, 30, 40 pages on exactly those techniques and strategies. Right. And then today I'm using those strategies to land and close on some really massive apartment deals. We've got eight or nine large apartment complexes that we own as a general partner. Again, I'm a, I'm a partner in those. I don't own them all by myself. I've got some yep. other uh, partners as well, but we've got um, about $12 million of private money just in apartments and we own over 2,600 units. But it started with all my residential stuff in this book. And so it's a great place for people to start raising money. And I want to emphasize this too, guys. Just because Josh is doing big apartment deals, right? 
don't think that this book is not going to help you because this book that Josh is talking about and just the things that we talked about on this podcast, Mm -hmm. even if you're just getting started, even if you're in the residential business and you're just buying single family homes, these are all principles that you need to start thinking of and applying right now in your business today, no matter how small or how big you are. Right. So I'm really highly recommending this book, The Flip System. Go to getflipsystem.com and pick up the book because Josh is going to teach you how this applies to you in the residential. Yeah, this book actually, Joe, is 100% about residential. Okay, cool. I wrote it for residential investors. That's where I got my start. That's where I raised a lot of capital and then I became a private lender. And then just recently in the last two years or so, we really started to pivot some of those dollars into apartments, but it's really built and written for the residential investor to you know do big flips and to you know, buy big rental uh, portfolios and even small apartments and things like that. It's where I got my start. And um, you know, Get Flip System is basically my story. I talk about cancer, things I learned along the way there as well. But that's my favorite part of real estate is raising money. So there's multiple chapters in there. The book was endorsed by Jack Canfield and Kevin Harrington and just had a blast writing it. And I hope you guys get a lot out of it. Matter of fact, at getflipsystem.com, they can get a free copy just pay the shipping and handling. Oh, it's free. Just pay a little bit of shipping and handling. It's a real book. Go. Yep, you bet. They're going to ship it to their house. Nice. Paul Evans said here, I was on a webinar with Josh and Tim Bratz for a Carolina deal recently. And it was done exactly the way he just said. Yeah. It was a heck of a webinar. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So you partnered with Tim. Uh, he's been on the podcast before. Yeah. Yeah. Tim and I actually live in the same neighborhood. We're, oh, we, uh, yeah. we, uh, we stumbled into each other a couple of years ago. We had an attorney who was... Uh, had both of us as clients and introduced us. And we got together for breakfast uh, one day. Tim was drunk and, and uh, hanging out, partying at a Cavs game the night before. He showed up for our meeting late and uh, still a little bit hungover. And we had a great time just talking about the Cavs game and stuff back when LeBron was in town. And uh, Tim and I have a great relationship. We've done a lot of big deals together. So yeah, Tim's yeah, a good friend. He's a smart investor. You bet. Listen, if you're ever in St. Louis looking at some multifamily deals, let's go to a Cardinals game, play some yeah. golf, and I'd love to have you guys out here. I know we've got a lot of, there's a lot of uh, um, very successful, wealthy multifamily investors and properties here in the Midwest. Yeah, you bet. It's a great place to invest. Is that's where we invest, Joe. It's Midwest and Southeast. So we've got complexes, apartments in in Ohio, but also in Mobile, Alabama, Lawton, Oklahoma, a couple of different parts of Georgia. We actually have a new development I'm actually doing with Tim on Hilton Head Island. Uh, some really really cool stuff. And Sweet. you know, like I said, we use, using the strategies in this book. We just bought two two duplexes last week in an opportunity zone in Cleveland. So we're still doing the residential stuff as well as the big commercial things. Nice. And again, as Paul so kindly reminds us all. St. Louis, the home of the Stanley Cup champion. Yeah, come nice. on. We're a big fan of hockey. Hello, hockey. All right. And the, pretty soon, the uh, we'll be back playing some sports again, which is going to be nice. Basketball, baseball, and hockey. Um, yeah. Hey, and Josh, it was good to have you on the podcast. You're one of the few guys I've had on as many times as you have been on. So congratulations. Yeah, uh, appreciate that, uh, Joe. Looks really good, man. Getflipsystem.com. It's free. Just pay a little bit of shipping and get it out to you. Thanks a lot, Joe. Appreciate you having me on again, man. Really, it's been a great relationship for the past eight or 10 years. You and I hanging out and sharing ideas and having each other on our podcasts. And it's, it's really been a lot of fun, man. So I appreciate it again. I appreciate it. I just wanted to ask you one more question because you asked me a good question on your podcast. Where You have a podcast as well. How do, do you find your podcast? Uh, just on iTunes. It's called Accelerated Investor. They can also go to acceleratedinvestorpodcast.com. Accelerated Investor Podcast. And you release episodes regularly. Yep, twice a week. Nice. Yep, and Joe, you've been on, I think, at least twice. We just recorded another one. So absolutely. Yeah, love to have you on again. Go down the road and especially after this virus is gone, kind of see what's you know how the market shakes out and we'll we'll record some more stuff. Good. Thanks again, Josh. 
It's a good informative podcast. I mean, you really gave a lot of good stuff there. I'm hoping you guys, if you're jumping jumping in late, you're listening to this later, uh, go back and listen to it from the beginning because Josh gave some really, really good tips on raising private money. It's all about positioning. It's about leading with value. It's about offering to help people by actually helping them, right? And then giving giving them the permission to say yes or no to S-H-I-T or get off the pot. Like yeah, that's, right. And, and understanding the, the whole thing of urgency and scarcity and giving people reason to say yes. And it's okay to say no, give them permission to say no, but it's the one of the best, easiest ways to raise money. And there's a lot of really good gold nuggets that you just laid there. So thank you, Josh. You bet. Anytime, Joe. Thanks for having me. We'll see you all later. Take care, guys. Bye-bye, everybody.